Welcome to Streams of Progress, where we bring you weekly conversations with many of the UAE's prominent leaders and thinkers. Each of our guests are actively contributing to the vitality of the UAE community and economy. Our goal on the podcast is to inspire you to drive progress in your professional and personal life. Hi everyone, it's Amara, and today on Streams of Progress, I'm joined by Ray Darham, the CEO and co-founder of Step Group. During today's discussion, we covered his insights into the region's startup ecosystem and how he's building the most influential new media company targeting Arab youth. So join us as we dive into the conversation. Today we're sitting down with Ray Dargham, the CEO and co-founder of Step Group. Thank you for hosting me in your office. Thank you for having me. So before we get into it and you telling us more about the Step Group and what you guys are up to, can you tell us a bit about your background? Let's take you back from where I started. So I started Step Group five days after I graduated from university and moved to Dubai. Uh, but take you a little bit kind of like before that uh, and one kind of theme that's that's uh, uh, been revolving uh, since school times because, which is basically escaping competition uh, so at that time uh, when I went to school uh, and you know, kind of like in school you're, you're sitting in a classroom everyone's kind of like competing to be ranked kind of like number one or number two so at that time it was a struggle I kind of like escaped that I was never even close to being number one or number two uh, But at one point during high school, there was a group of people that came in from uh, in jazz uh, from a program, uh, which is basically like a company program. And it was this program where as students uh, in school would be allowed to go on this three months thing and start our own company. And this for me was kind of like escaping that competition of, you know, the classroom or, or, or whatever you want to call Leaving it. Leaving the academic world. Leaving kind of, so in my head, I, I never left it in, in practice, right? But I kind of, in my head, I was like, I escaped that, right? I was, I was still in school. So I went on this three months kind of program and uh, we won that award within Lebanon, qualified the regional uh, competition. And that allowed me to kind of, you know, jump, uh, make a big jump ahead in, in, in only three months of a lot of my classmates by kind of like not competing with them and saying the same thing that everyone, uh, you know, usually competes on. But then after that, uh, university uh, started, right? And then that kind of whole like three months thing was over and I was back in, in, in square one. Uh, I was again in a classroom in university, uh, kind of competing to uh, get better grades and, and, and get a job. And at the time, uh, consulting was like the, the, the number one job. If you, if you, if you, your success was defined by getting a consulting job was one of the big firms. Uh, so that's what I thought I wanted to do. Everyone, you know, like the top people in, 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 in the university were competing towards that job. Uh, so I, I used, was applying for different internships at the early years, and I got into uh, one of them. I did the one first summer internship. Then I was doing the second. Then I realized uh, something odd as well. Like everyone in university wanted to get into a consulting firm. Everyone at the consulting firm where I was interning wanting to, wanted to leave the company. Their, their, their lives was horrible, right? <laughs> They're hating their lives. They wanted to leave. So this kind of like hit me. And then when I went back uh, after my second internship in my third year, I decided that, that you know, I need again to escape competition again and, and find. And it was kind of harder this time because in school someone came to us and offered a program. So it kind of, I was lucky to get some kind of opportunity. But at that time, 
there was nothing there. I had to start my own thing. Uh, and that's where Step started. Uh, so we started Step in, in university, uh, and it was called Start at the time. Uh, and it was basically uh, built uh, this model around workshops uh, that we ran in art galleries in Beirut. Uh, did about three workshops. At that time, they were ticketed events. Uh, and the whole idea at that time is kind of to start something, to have something there, uh, and not to apply for any job uh, throughout my entire third year. Everyone thought that was crazy, like not applying to any job at all uh, during that entire time. And, and five days later, I moved to Dubai, and that's partly where, where Step and my other business were born. So your motivation was actually not wanting to become an employee, maybe starting your own thing? Partly, I, w- I wouldn't say it's just that. So that was not the only motivation. I think part of it was at uh, the consulting firm, like uh, going again. Because sometimes in your head, you're going through a lot of thoughts, but you don't know where to start or, or, or what to do. Uh, so part of it was that kind of like notion I never realized, but it was just me acting on it as kind of like escaping competition. But now I think that's one thing I would follow my entire life, right? But the other was when I, at, at that time... Um, I was always thinking like that, like I want to start my own company or start my own business, but that that was never enough of an answer to actually take such a big risk uh, and go and start a company. Um, so, so the answer for me was that I kind of like pictured myself when I'm 60 years old and I remember I was sitting at 8.30 in the morning in my desk in the consulting internship uh, trying again while thinking through that to picture myself as you know I want to own a company or be but none of those were the real answer the answer for me was that I want to have lived like an interesting story right so if some if I'm talking to someone when I'm 60 uh, even if I was a garbage collector at the time as long as I had lived an interesting story that was that's what mattered for me so that was the best thing ever actually because what happened at that time is that after that every time Things are going well. Things are going well. You're not going to complain, right? But when things went south, I think, oh, the story is just getting better. (laughs) So it was a motivation whenever things were going bad to keep going. And I really needed that at that time. So that was a very good kind of answer to what I want to keep me going. Because just, you know, being saying I want to be an entrepreneur or start a company is like saying I want to be rich. You know, it's it's, uh, it's very vague. Very vague. It's not a it's not a uh, real answer uh, in one way or the other. So that was kind of the answer for me. I like how you're saying you looked at hardship as an interesting point in your story. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it turned out to be this way, which is great. It's perfect, right? So I just want to go back because that just sounded interesting. You said the Injaz program. Yeah. Which is like for entrepreneurship as teens. Exactly. Yeah, right? that was in school. Yeah. Yeah. So that actually was kind of like your first exposure or in a way you were exposed to that it, idea. It, it, it was. It was. A, and, and for me, like, Looking at education now, and I think I just hated school at the time, right? And and I'm sure many kids still do today. And it's not because of I think education is great, but I just hated school the way it was it was being taught because it offered no exposure. Uh, so in jazz, yes, was kind of like an exposure. The, the exposure I was looking for uh, for the entire. Uh, I don't know, 17, 18 years when I was in school, right? Uh, my entire kind of like school life, I was looking for that kind of exposure. And I was lucky that it came uh, at, at, at some point. But 
that's one big thing that that uh, you know education lacks is providing exposure uh, uh, to kids right some people feel that experiential learning like where they have to actually be exposed and the earlier you're kind of like thrown in the ocean the the uh, the much better you can be down the line uh, and yeah i n- would never regret uh, kind of like a, if anything i wish i started earlier even you know i wish i maybe never went to university <laughs> or dropped out <laughs> but but it's fine i still started during that time so i, I wouldn't say i wasted any time a lot of things also i learned uh, from from university uh, and i went to to the american university of beirut which is which is aside from the learning it offers a great culture uh, and system for people to to express themselves and learn and, and evolve that means step group would be your first venture after you graduate i mean it is, it with spider frog Sp- so 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 basically what happened after that so so like i said graduated five days later i moved to dubai uh and then uh within we had step conference or the the event itself uh that kind of like from the workshop became an event we did the first 100 people event in 2012 in dubai uh, was not a money maker at the time and I couldn't live on that I didn't have any investment I, I needed to make some money uh, to fund the event and to fund my the, the small expenses mainly were my expense at the time right so uh, and that's when when spider frogs was kind of founded as the business and then step was just a project at the time uh, and an event and, and spider frogs is a technology provider a future technology provider so we uh, do all kind of multi technology solutions, integrated system solutions, uh, work in VR and AR with a lot of clients. It's a B2B business. So the kind of nature of that business is project basis. So it literally just started, I was sitting in a coffee shop, getting one client, one project, delivering it, making money out of that, using those kind of to fund, uh, uh, you know, the mini operation plus the first event that we did. Uh, and step conference is a conference that was losing money the first three years, right? So, uh, so Spiderfox needed to to grow slowly without any investment, etc. Getting projects, doing good good work within those. Then uh, the conference was growing from 100 to 250 to 750. This was like 2012 uh, till 2015, um, and all that time. Uh, it was basically utilizing cross resources and kind of like uh, and the team for for both at the same time until 20 about 2014 2015 is when uh, right before we raised investment um, and because the businesses are very different we 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 launched the media business within step and uh, we kind of like also had already been building different team when we were still at the same office and then moved step to a different office uh, and, and that's how it rolled. And after that, I was all that time. I was kind of managing both. Uh, when they were one was project, and when they were both uh, were companies. At some point, um, got a, a, a GM who manages Spider Frogs for the time being, and I'm still involved there as as, as a partner. And then step, we, we raised investment, and then we grew uh, very fast after that between like 2015 and now. So Spiderfrogs is technology provider, consultant on a project basis. And then Step Conference, which was the first product of the Step Group, 
Yes. Or it was just an annual, right? It was an, it was annual. an annual event uh, once a year uh, when it was still a small event at that time, right? So we had 100 people, then 250, then 700. So it's still relatively a small event. Right now we have five, more than 5,000 attendees. So the event size is much bigger to handle. But that time was just annual. We prepared for it kind of like two, three months before. Uh, and the rest of the year, my focus is more on spider frogs. But in, in 2015 is when we also launched uh, our media business in Step, which is Step Feed and Yadla Feed. Um, we launched that before uh, get, uh, getting investment. So we launched that at Step Feed, at Yadla Feed. We grew it from zero uh, to about half a million user, users at the time for both platforms. And the conference at that time was actually the, 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 the most successful that year. Uh, kind of, it's not the most successful. I'd say it was like the big jump for us. We went from 700 to 2,500. Uh, so that's that w- w- the time when everyone started knowing about... I think that was the trigger point. That was the trigger point. So so the conference had kind of like blew up and then we started Step Feed, Yalla Feed. Then this one step group kind of was all uh, shaped and formed. Uh, and then that's when also like a few months later we raised our first kind of like seed investment and were able to kind of you know move offices uh, out of spider frogs right and kind of like the whole step group kind of like process started from there so like you were saying when, when you first started it was less than 100 people right in the first conference as and as it, it was it was me uh, and a student uh, like an undergrad student and a friend who was like partially volunteering you know <laughs> that so, was the entire team so you went from that to what you said now is about 5,000 attendees 5, 000, yeah. and you're actually pulling pretty big name speakers and people from the region and even globally so how has that been scaling? Because now that I understand, you were initially resource sharing with spider frogs. A lot of the yeah. same people were probably assisting on both sides. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. then somehow there was a transition. How did that happen where Step had its own team? So I, I think the, the scaling part was really, really about uh, two or three things. One is us focusing on the community a lot from day one and focusing on the experience uh, we were really good at early on, even when we were very small and no one knew about us, at building a loyal fan base. Uh, and we had other events that we were doing from time to time that really helped us build that loyal fan base. So that's our really strong point. The second is that sharing of resources and that maximization of efficiency and staff that you need at that time because uh, simply just didn't have more money, right? So we had to do... Um, 10 things with the amount of resources they usually do one thing right and we had no other choice so that allowed as well uh, us to scale and, and we scaled before we got investment so we we made that big jump before even we got investment from 700 2500 uh, but that was those two things were the key factors focusing on the experience in the community and maximizing you know um, our kind of like task force and, and how we do things. And you were reinvesting. I mean, I assume whatever you yeah, made, we were, it pretty we much were, went we back were into reinvesting. So we investing tons of money, right? Put a lot of money into Step, uh, kind of all the money that was made from uh, our other business and Spider Frogs uh, into Step to grow the event um, to, to, to where it got with 2,500 attendees and kind of became the biggest within the region. Which is, which is not easy because at that time, I mean, it's still today not easy to get attendees and sponsorships, but 
At that time, no one would even listen to us, right? Because no one knew about us. Yeah. Uh, and now, say step conference, yeah, people most, know. More people know it. So it's easier to start conversations, to talk to sponsors, to talk to, 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 to people. But uh, so it's still hard now. But at that time, it was much tougher uh, because we had to uh, not only get those sponsors, but also to work with really, really limited resources and funding. I just want to go back to where you were saying that you, when you launched StepFeed and YellowFeed, because someone looking at it, that's a media company and this was an event. So what was the motivation behind launching those two entities and what, what are they trying to achieve? Yeah, I mean, I think that the biggest motivation for me is that, and, and, and one of the things that I kind of want to achieve within this decade of my life and like my, my, my 20s uh, and being in the region is kind of, having a big influence on, on the culture of the region and the social aspect of the region. Uh, and there's no better way to do that than through media, right? And then if you look at the last 10 years and what the region went through from 2008 till today, uh, there's a lot of... And, and this year specifically has been you know, a very important year, the, the, the last kind of like 12 months for... Uh, the youth leading uh, the way forward and change and, 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 and uh, uh, all that's going on across the region and Saudi and the, and the UAE and, and across the entire region. So uh, we play a huge role within that and that kind of falls under our vision of building the modern Arab world. Um, some people might look at that vision and say it's too far-fetched or whatnot, but that's why it's a vision, right? It's a grand vision. It's something that we want to dream about, right? But but it is it has a substance to it because with the content that we do and with connecting emotionally connecting with people through the content and through the conference and uh, kind of giving them more exposure and perspective with the content or with the conference or different things that's how we can change their lives and that's how we can change they can change the region so we don't want to be the ones that that change the region we want to have an impact on 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 people through media and through our events uh, help them you know have better perspective more exposure be more educated you know dress better look better uh, be more ambitious uh, uh, work harder so on just to be like in general better people for, for, for themselves and for the region and collectively on a mass scale because we're a mass consumer media company um or mainstream media company, that's where we can have a huge impact if we inspire a lot of our audience uh, to do that and give them that information that they're looking for. And they would be the kind of like agents of change in the region. So it's very focused on the Arab youth and it is, what, uh, of course, kind of leading the way in terms of reaching out to that. So uh, last year, also, I believe it was last year, 2017, when you raised your Series A. Was yeah, it was kind of end of 2016. Yeah, raised so, our Series A round. Yeah, and it was raised, what, $2 million Series A from Wamda Capital, Equitrust, and Dubai Silicon Oasis Authority? Yeah, and North so, Base Media. If you could elaborate, how did that raise come about? Like, did they approach you? Were you going around for a raise? And what is the value offering, you think, specifically those that were involved in the raise? Yeah. What do they see in the value offering of Step Group? Why would they want to be involved with the Step Group? I mean, every... every uh, Company as well, but specifically like our company is 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 an our as a startup. Uh, we have a very unique composition, so we're not like your your 
which is a bit for VCs, it's 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 uh, it's a bit different case to deal with, right? We're like it's the, hard the, to categorize. Yeah, yeah. Where, where where do we fit? Where we are? Because others you have like they're they're a software company or a startup, and then it's either B two B or B two C. Straightforward revenue or model. It's, it's straightforward. With us, it's not as straightforward, right? So uh, we had with our event. We started with our events business or our conference, and then we entered our media business, which is which is scalable and could grow uh, very fast. Uh, and then together, there's step group and the different things that we could do on, on what we call step enterprise or, or uh, across the business. Um, and that's why we kind of attracted also strategic investors. A lot of our investors are strategic in one way or the other, uh, or their interest in the company has been uh, that unique composition or part of that unique composition about the company. Uh, how we how we met them? I mean, it, it, for us, it wasn't actually very hard to to meet uh, VCs because we host them at our event. They every show year. up at Step Conference. Yeah, they show we they see we they are friends, right? So we we I know them from before and for for several years. So it wasn't hard to kind of like have you know tell them what we're planning to do. Now, getting the money was not easy, right? So knowing them is one thing, and then asking them to put put money on the table is another thing. Uh, so each one has different compositions. Dubai Second Oasis we've known for a long time ago, and I've known because you know, our Spider Frog's office was a tenant of Silicon Oasis and uh, spent a lot of time in Silicon Oasis and that area. Uh, and we helped uh, organize or, or kind of kickstart uh, Dubai Silicon Oasis uh, Entrepreneur Day event. So we've done a lot of work within with them as well within that. And they're pioneers and kind of as well the amount of startups they host within DTAC and, and innovation and technology and their vision to how they want to build out the Silicon Oasis as, as a city, right? And then North-based media is their only investment in the region. Uh, they are a, a, a company that, uh, with four partners that come from different places of, of, of new media around the world. Uh, and they've invested in companies from all the way from the Philippines to Argentina and new media companies like us. Uh, um, kind of like the BuzzFeedish or, or, or Vice of, of each region, right? Of the Middle East, of India, of the Philippines. Of Very Argentina. localized content. Very localized content. And, and one of their partners used to be the editor-in-chief of the Washington Post and the other used to be uh, CEO of Thomson Reuters. So they come from a very large news and media organization. So we're their only investment in the region. Uh, and we're ha- very happy for that. Um, and then also WAMDA is, is obviously, you know, there's a lot of traction there uh, with what WAMDA, WAMDA has kick-started, right? The entire uh, ecosystem of, of the region right? back in 2009 uh, through the celebration of entrepreneurship and then all the things that Fadi has accomplished along the way and contributed to the region. So there's also a lot of synergy there across across the board. So, so as you see, like it's very strategic in, in, in investments across the board, uh, and and there's a lot of collaboration that's happened with our investors as well. So one of the other offerings you you have is the Step Enterprise, and that I feel is relevant to what you were just talking about the ecosystem. Because if you could elaborate what the Step Enterprise offering is, because as I just hinted, it's about building the ecosystem yes, in some way. Yeah. So, so a step enterprise is basically is a spin-off of uh, all of all our expertise and, and all our know-how. 
that we've built over the last six years. This year is the sixth year for Step Conference in 2018. So over the last six years and the know that we've built and the expertise that we've built and how we can kind of share some of that with corporates, with government, uh, and with people who are uh, already in the ecosystem or wanting to participate in that ecosystem, right? Uh, so we've helped kind of launch and lead many programs and events across the last few years. Uh, last year, we helped organize uh, the largest and first ever kind of like big startup event in Sharjah, the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival. So worked uh, on that with Shira and helped them uh, launch that event. Um, like I said, with the SO Entrepreneur Days, we have different communities like launch their own kind of ecosystem, right? Uh, the FinTech event last year, we're doing something really big with the universities in the UAE uh, this year as well. So Step Enterprise is, is kind of like a lot behind the scenes and people usually don't know about it and that work that we do because a lot of it is, is, is white-labeled uh, but has a huge impact on, 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 on the region. And, and we're happy to kind of share that a big part of that IP, right, or, or the, the things that we've learned and, and the things that we know because it all contributes... Uh, to kind of fostering and growing that uh, and our our role and kind of growing the startup ecosystem. Yeah, you're engaging in knowledge sharing. You're trying to help exactly yeah. others trying to replicate. If, if we know certain things and it can help if we share them, uh, why not? You know. So speaking of that, what is your take on the growth we've seen over the last few years in terms of the startup ecosystem here? I think it's massive. Just from my personal kind of, also I, I remember again to go back like in our office, uh, the first office that we got after I worked for about eight months out of a coffee shop. Uh, and then the first office we got in Dubai, Silicon Oasis, I had to pay, if I'm not mistaken, 45 or 50,000 dirhams at a time for an office smaller than a conference room. Uh, Per year, right? And right now, if you go to Dubai Silicon Oasis and you want to, you know, start a startup or to other, you know, and uh, other free zones like Dubai Internet City or other ones, and you want to start a company, you can probably with 15,000 dirhams, which is a third of that price, have a company and have two visas and all of that ready. So the first, at that time, no one heard about what a startup is, right? If you... They, they didn't, and that's not a long time ago. That's 2012. Uh, so in six years, kind of like from the time steps started till today, the whole space has moved drastically. Right? That's obviously so. That's partly regional, but also global on how fast uh, things have moved uh, in the entire region. You know, in one way or the other. It comes back to all this, the infrastructure for the ecosystem. Like you were saying, these incubators that have now popped up and yeah, these exist. are very important. That's and what creates the ecosystem, right? It's the incubators, the accelerators, the VCs, the funding, economy is a big thing. Talent is another thing. So it's a lot. It's 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 a lot of different pieces of the puzzle that they need to come together at the right time. It's like a chicken and the egg. It's just a, it's really the chicken and the egg problem. What do you what do you bring on the table before the other? Uh, um, and but obviously government and businesses and businesses when they feel that they're under a threat uh, they don't actually participate and take some risk because it's not CSR right it's it's uh, for them it's it's a matter of existence uh, they have to be part of that space they have to uh, engage with startups and work with startups otherwise it's adapting evolving yeah otherwise they might go out of business at some point you know so. 
we, we just talked about the growth we've seen in the startup ecosystem. What challenges do you think startups in the MENA region specifically have with scaling? One you kind of talked about was talent, how we're trying to grow that talent aspect. Is there anything else you think that is a challenge for startups? Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of challenges. In many ways, one of the biggest is is the the economy that we we uh, we're in, right? So, so any startup needs to to acknowledge that that this is not the U.S., right? And this is not uh, like if, if you take the media industry for example, the entire media industry in the entire region. Is, is probably, I'm not giving exact numbers here, but I think it's probably about a quarter of the size of the media industry in the UK alone, which is you know, much smaller in terms of population, in terms of, than the entire Middle East. Uh, and other industries, same thing applies. So the economy the region is still relatively, it's a fast-growing one, so people expect kind of the growth, uh, but it's there isn't... Uh, that economy size that can allow... I mean, we have the advantage, a lot of the audience here are early adopters in terms of smartphones and the penetration of having the latest... Yeah, a lot of them are. It, it depends with what, so the, this is a kind of like, so with certain things, they are early adopters with buying smartphones and consuming content, for example. Uh, but you still have certain things like, you know, places like Saudi where people are still paying cash, right? Because, so, so that's not, that's like... Who still uses cash, right? So, but you still you still have that. Uh, so there's certain things where there is early adoption. There's certain things that there's not. The other thing that that is is hard to swallow, but is actually true as well, is that uh, it, too much innovation. Like if you if you over innovate in the region, unfortunately, businesses such businesses can't grow because they're too early. Uh, you, you're too early for the market. Uh, so that's why typically the best businesses, or if you look at the most successful business in the regions, uh, they're, they're all called copycats, right? But that's what works because the region is always comes like uh, whatever is there from a consumption point of view, from a behavior point of view, where three, four years at least behind the US, right? So if something worked in the US three years ago, it would probably work here today. Right, but if something is just now getting launched in the U.S., if you try launching it here with the same product, with the same thing, it'll probably not take off because the consumers are not ready for it. Uh, and that's pretty much the the case of, uh, in, in that case, being second is better than being first. So, going back to Step, what's in the works for Step Group in 2018? You you hinted at there's a new program with un multiple universities in the works yeah I mean there's different things we're doing right? that's one of them but the biggest thing for us which is this month uh, happening end of March March 28, 29 uh, which is step 2018 uh, and this year we've done a strategic partnership with Dubai Internet City uh, and it's a whole new format for the conference uh, with our strategic kind of, it's not just a new venue it's a really big partnership we're doing with Dubai Internet City to massively grow and, and, and involve the community within uh, the IC and Dubai Media City and, and, and across the entire neighborhood. Because you have, this is probably one of the few places around the world where, where you have such concentration of companies and startup in one place. 
Uh, so that's big for us on the conference side. On the media side, uh, we're also uh, launching a food platform called Avocado. It's a food and travel platform aimed, aimed at millennials. Uh, that's other than StepFeed and, and YellowFeed's own platform. We just actually launched it uh, like last week. Um, so we're going to be working on that a lot uh, this year and within the new format of step conference we might have a lot of spin-offs as well because now the whole conference is divided into four things we have step x which is all about future tech we have step money which is crypto and blockchain we have step digital which is focused on the media and the content space and step start which was startups and fundraising and investors so we kind of divided them into those four what we call sub conferences and that will help us uh, grow these on their own and have content spent around them, etc. And they become their own niche industry. Exactly, because the whole space is maturing. So we can, being generic, continuing to be generic, is, is, uh, won't continue to work, right? So the space is maturing. If you don't mind, I want to go back to now you. You've done so much in the last six years, everything you're talking about, and you're constantly new releases, a new platform coming new, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're constantly at work, it seems. You need to escape the competition. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Let's say you want to take a break from escaping. Is there anything you do to recharge yourself? Like, do you ever feel drained? I'm not going to say that I exercise. I'm going to tell you what I actually do. Like, I think that the best way to kind of like recharge is I have a glass of whiskey, Japanese whiskey, and, <laughs> and fall asleep on the couch, probably. That's, that's like the, the, the best thing, you know. Any specific brand or label of a whiskey? Mostly Japanese. Actually, like Japanese or Irish. Uh, there's different ones. There's Nika whiskey. There's different. Uh, uh, kind of brands that are out there uh, or Irish I don't like Scotch do you have a hero you look up to a role model I do he's now over abused uh, and within everyone <laughs> it, was, it was Elon Musk I've actually been been following him before like most people knew about him since probably 2008 in the region at least you know uh, when Tesla had first started uh, and, and since then I've been following I actually got a chance to meet him uh, but by coincidence in, in, in Ireland a few years back so I just think he's one of the f- few that are doing things that are going to shape the future the whole world yeah, how it's going to be and how it's going to operate and kind of like has the balls to do it you know so this is uh, this is why f- for me whether he, he succeeds or not uh, we will see but uh, but I think he has transformed industries even if his own company doesn't become the leader 10 years yeah from he's now, transformed it's already right? transformed I mean, that's, that's his aim as well right but uh, I think it will happen in one way or the other whether it's in, in space or in the uh, and there are really things that that are uh if you look at Amazon, for example, Amazon is a, is a great company, right? And it's great what, what, what uh, Jeff Bezos has built. But Amazon is just kind of reshaping retail, consumerism, consumption, uh, maybe you know, consuming media or, or uh, cloud or different things, right? It's improving business. Uh, but what Elon is doing is kind of really shaping uh, uh, a thousand years from now. Yeah. How we see ourselves as a human. Yeah, because he's an engineer himself. I think that makes a big difference as well. Do you have any personal routines or habits you do daily? 
I I don't really have any any specific routine, but actually I like keeping my routines apart from times when I'm traveling to our Beirut office or other places. Uh, I really believe in, in in kind of like having a, a a routine, whether it's you know waking up at a certain time, sleeping at a certain time, brushing your teeth. So so if because those it becomes in a way it makes you, it makes you more uh, it just makes for me personally it makes me more comfortable and, and I believe in sleep a lot. So. I, because I think like you either because I don't exercise that much, so I either need to do, do one of the you know to kind of keep my my self going with the, with the workload. You need sleep if you're working as much as you're working. You do, yeah, you do. After you know, but you need you need one thing, right? You need either either need to be doing. Uh, I, I think Randy Zuckerberg said it, like you need to pick you know three things out of five in life: things that were work, family, friends. Uh, I think it was sleep and fitness, right? Probably out of out of, out of those five. So you gotta you can't pick more than three because it's you can do more than three. Yeah. Usually, I try to think about it more three at a time. So I always need to pick three at a specific time. You know, during the next three months, I'm focusing on those three. And so you actually change it up sometimes, yeah. not as much, <laughs> but sometimes. <laughs> Speaking of routines, can you walk us through what your typical day looks like? I think yeah, it changes. Throughout different times of the year, but a big part of it is uh, kind of working with the heads of departments of of within the company. So whether it's heading events or the content, certain content platforms. Um, So I work a lot with them and have a lot of conversations with them. Uh, And then the other part is sending a lot of emails, either emails or, or meetings. Uh, so it's that's kind of like how how my day at work is is, is filled up with. Uh, it, it changes a little bit around the time of the conference, especially because then there's a lot more things to do and uh, issues and problems that come up. Also, like solving problems, another thing, right? There's always every day there's a problem to solve uh, somewhere. So I think that's that's a big part of the day. But typically, I, I like to. Um, I hate to do things that waste time. So, for example, like doing laundry, or, or I always believe that if you can earn, like make, even if it's one percent more than what it costs to hire someone to do what they're best at, which is doing the laundry, then or then you shouldn't do it yourself, right? So it's it's. Uh, so I always try to make sure like these things are are, are there because they're important because otherwise so much time could be wasted, right? So you try and be as efficient as possible. I take it. I do. I, I'm, I just. I don't really actually put like effort that I want to be. I just. I am like that. I. I you instantly think, it. oh, yeah, I, I could. yeah, and I. Hate, I hate doing. I hate doing things that are that are. You know, I. I feel that I'm not good at. So if you tell me like do you know laundry for example, I'm, I'm just not good at it. I'm probably something is gonna go wrong there. <laughs> so, but I have other things that I'm good at. So I might as well do those, you know, the, the kind of like the vision of labor, right? Let everyone do what they're best at. A lot of high achievers, performers actually do that. They try and focus on what they're yeah, best you at. You need to get help. I think that's that's very key. And it applies for everyone, right? Whatever you're doing, it's always as much support as you can get and things that others can do for you. The And you focus on the things that you're best at. I think that's... It's not always available and there and as as, uh, as easy to get. But I do see a lot of people who, you know, uh, think that they they don't think about it. They just do it themselves, right? 
Uh, or they think that there is, you know, oh no, I have to do my laundry. I need to be, you know, responsible. No, it's not about being responsible. <laughs> That's an interesting take on it. Do you have a book you tend to gift to people or recommend to people? Uh, there's a lot of books. One of them is is probably the the next hundred years uh, by Friedman. Is it's, it's a really good book because it's a lot of it was written back in thousand early 2000s and a lot of the things one way or the other actually happened <laughs> kind of predicts the next hundred years uh, and the part that's about kind of you know tech and science is really interesting there because it says that around 1050 is going to be like the golden age and, and, and space and robotics and energy are going to be the three biggest uh, space, which is the space that like someone like Elon is. or energy like yeah. Elon, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and robotics like and Elon. Robotics, yeah, all of AI. those, all of the above. <laughs> Maybe he read the book. Yeah, I actually got two two books recently on on AI. I'm just trying to learn more about it. Uh, what books are those? One is called Super Intelligence, uh, and the other I think it's called The Master. They seem to be pretty. I just started them, so I just okay. bought them on the start of one of them. Uh, and I posted like, I was trying to learn about AI before it learns about us trying to beat it <laughs> probably going to fail at it <laughs> we, we can try yeah we can try exactly uh, so if you could post a message on one of the billboards on Sheikh Said Road either going towards Abu Dhabi or going towards Dubai what would you post attend, attend Steph Conference <laughs> I'm gonna use it to, to, to promote something right it's on Sheikh Zayed <laughs> you don't, don't get so if those it's not Steph Conference you're gonna be promoting another event <laughs> so if, if, it's, if it's not promotional if it's promotional then I would definitely yeah, promote something you know if you, get, if you get a chance on Sheikh Zayed I actually have one now that's kind of on Sheikh Zayed the internet city one internet city yes. one yeah <laughs> but I don't know if I were just like put a non-promotional like message uh, probably put something around like the Arab dream exists because I, I really do think it, it exists like the American dream I think there is also an, 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 uh, there's actually a Dubai dream I think even more than Arab dream Dubai really uh, and that's what I love about the city is that it really kind of gives the opportunity uh, for people to dream and accomplish things and that's how it's built uh, more than you know many other places in the region so the, the Dubai dream, dream exists. That's, yeah, that. yeah. no, that's a nice one. Yeah. So we talked about how you recharge through sleep pretty much since you don't exercise. But do you have any hobbies you do on the weekends or evenings? If you don't have any, is there any you wish you had more time to pursue in terms of hobbies? I think you have something, you have time you want to pursue something, you could pursue it. I mean, I mean, there are certain things I'm interested in. There are certain things that, that I, I, I do without like kind of like intending to do like Cooking, for example, uh, I have like I enjoy it when I'm doing it. I just uh, don't just do it because like I want to eat. I don't do it often, but like or every day. But I try to do it as much as when I enjoy it. But I wouldn't say it's a hobby, but it's something I enjoy doing. Could develop into a hobby, <laughs> potential hobby. <laughs> Maybe with your new platform. Yeah, <laughs> with the, the food platform. Yeah, I can be the the chef. <laughs> there should be an episode or a yeah. series where he cooks. Right? I think I need to have more patience for it, though. But I enjoy it. Do you have a wish or a dream initiative you would like to see Dubai do? I mean, we've seen so many mega projects, like you said, X type futuristic type ideas. But do you have any? initiatives you think that would be nice for Dubai to execute or do? On two things, I think on one area 
Uh, I'm not sure if it will ever happen, but I would like it to have... I don't know if Dubai is fit for that. Uh, to have like real, real innovation, to have more, uh, you know, research schools, more, and that starts out of out of colleges, out of schools, out of universities, more, more lab, more, more of that, you know, uh, kind of in place. Uh, to have real innovation coming out from within uh, to the whole world. I mean, the government is pushing a lot on that and trying to have as much as possible. But there needs to be more organic ways to how it build that. Uh, aside from that, although many people like, you know, criticize the concrete and the building, I actually love it. Like sometimes when I'm flying over Dubai and I look at, you know, how much is built by how much sand there's still out there, I kind of like visualize and see it one day and hope that it become like all just filled up, right? Um, and it's 10 times what it is there. And I'm pretty sure it will happen. Uh, quicker than, than we expect because there is something to that as well right uh, as the city grows and grows and more people are here and then the city builds its own culture more and more as well. Looking at the skyline from above a lot of films or movies recently have done shoots here and they're actually the backdrop for a lot of these futuristic cities. It is because it is a very very futuristic looking kind of right And if you think about it, because we're in the in, in the desert, uh, when you think of like Mars and you know the setup, it's very similar to that. <laughs> so, so so it is futuristic in many ways. And lastly, if you could give your 20 year old self a piece of advice, what would it be? I mean, let's go back a few years. If you could talk to yourself then, yeah, what would you tell yourself? It's a very tough question, you know. It's I think it's it's very tough to 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 answer. Uh, in one way, I would say that kind of like going back, it's it's uh, the the 20s, like getting into the 20s. It's it's the most crucial time of your life in terms of your career and what you do and the amount of things that you do. But at the same time. It's the most fun time of your life, right? Like it's it's the best time of of, of our life. But those two things are contradicting because sometimes that's why I think uh, the common thing for me is that going back, if I was like just starting my twenties, one is would be the I wish I had like more ability to see like much bigger picture. Although relatively, I saw the big picture, even like the much bigger picture. I think that would have helped. Uh, but the advice of me, which I kind, of, I kind of, I think I did, is is, is I was still still doing, uh, is kind of like not wasting any moment, whether it's a it's a hard moment, a sad moment, a happy moment, whatever it is, but just have as many of those moments as possible. Because uh, you see, right? everyone kind of like when you're above thirty, you, you start you know reminiscing on your, <laughs> and it's true. It's like you said, you look back on it. And it was something for your story, right? It, it's it's a point where even if it was difficult, you went through some hardship. It's something that happened and it yeah. shaped for, you. For for me, one thing that I look at in general is that we kind of get like only a few chances in life, and each chance is made out of a decade. It's 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 our twenties, one chance in twenties, one chance in thirties, one chance in our forties, and maybe half a chance in our fifties, right? So. Each one of those is a chance, but you really need 10 years to build anything that's something, you know? You need 10 years, at least. At least 10 years. So, so, and you got to live with, 
you know, you might, if you're a 20 year old and you, you need to live with that, you might decide on doing something, go through those 10 years and not getting anywhere and then kind of having to start from scratch in, 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 your, in your 30s. But it, will t- it has to take 10 years. And it could be that, you know, if, if you succeed in your 20s, then it's, it sets you up at a, at a better, much better uh, level to start in your 30s. Do you have any last words of wisdom to share with the listeners? And I know you're going to say step conference, <laughs> March 28th. That's the wisest thing I would say. <laughs> anything else? That's the wisest thing I have. I'm not sure if they're like words of wisdom or anything. I mean, just to touch back kind of on what I started with and something that I came to realize recently and, and I really believe in, which is um, it applies throughout kind of like any time in our life and more in our careers is could be career even like I said when I was in, in school as escaping competition and I think uh, the key thing is to always when starting a new business or when already in business uh, or in you know wherever you are is to kind of like find something that's not too crowded a space that's not too crowded everyone is trying to do something there but and, but do something it could be something that space space that's crowded and then offering something that allows you to be, you know... To differentiate. To differentiate and have your own thing, kind of, you know, kind of think about it like bubbles or sort of create your own kind of bubble. I think that's... So I think that's your takeaway, escape competition. Yeah, sometimes it's, it might be just vague as a word, but if you dig into its fundamentals and, and, and try to relate to it, that applies to almost all of us. And where can our listeners go find more information? On STEP, I mean, if you want to attend the, the, the conference, uh, go to stepconference.com. Uh, we're actually just at the end of the regular tickets. If you want to grab uh, regular tickets for, for a cheaper price before the increase, go to stepconference.com. On the group, uh, stepgroup.co, you can see everything on what we're doing with STEP. And obviously, we have StepFeed, which is our, our English platform, and that uh, is on stepfeed.com. And, and Yellow Feed. So both Stephanie and Yellow Feed, you can find them on all social channels as well. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, across all. And that new food platform you mentioned? Is that- avocado, yeah. So avocado is a spin on avocado, uh, like Abu Dhabi, avocado. And that's launched? That's launched already. It does have a website, but you can find us on social, uh, on Instagram and uh, Facebook as well. Well, thanks for being thanks, on the show. Thanks for having me. Been great. Thanks a lot. You can check out this episode's show notes on our website at streamsofprogress.com slash step. We'd love to connect with you, so follow us on Facebook and Instagram or reach out via our website. If you can please take a few minutes to give us an honest rating on iTunes, this really makes a huge difference and improves our ability to reach more people in the UAE and beyond. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to seeing you next week on Streams of Progress. (laughs) 